0: that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for the inaugural episode of This Osteopathic Life. I hope to share with you the what, who, why, where, how, and when of the purpose of this podcast and beyond. This osteopathic life is a long-held idea that I've had, and it began as a spin-off of the concept of This American Life, an eclectic podcast that I appreciated for its capacity to explore the human nature behind stories and take a chance on different ways of expressing those stories. I also think of the opening scene of the movie Love Actually. And if you've seen it, it takes place in Heathrow Airport at the arrivals gates. And Hugh Grant's voiceover states, love actually is all around. As you're taken through the scenes of families embracing, celebrating the love they experience on reunion. And when I think of that scene, and when I think about my life In the practice of osteopathy, I feel that osteopathy actually is all around. We can think of osteopathy in a number of ways, and we'll consider this the what of laying out the purpose of this podcast. Osteopathy is a practice of medicine. It's a philosophy. It's a group of principles and tenets. It's a science. There's anatomy and physiology And there are studies to look at how mechanical treatments can influence the physiology and the cellular behavior in the human body. It's also an art. There's a method to the listening and the application of hands-on treatment and evaluation. And really, it's about the individualization of medicine. And I think back to a lecture I attended many years ago, and the physician speaking, Dr. Doris Newman, commented that someone had said to her, you know, I really like this osteopathy. I believe in it. And her response back was, well, it's not a religion. It's not something to believe in. It's science. It's proven. It's data-driven. And I appreciate that, and I agree with that on the level of legitimacy and the importance of Documenting what it is that happens, what are the true impacts, what are some numerical and data and health measures we can show that osteopathic evaluation and approach and intervention do make a difference, do add to the medical care of a patient. On the flip side, I also appreciate one of our great teachers, Dr. Biola Freiman, who is both tremendously driven by science and research and probably had some of the highest volume of studies in osteopathic medicine, but who also married that concept with the key principle, the core principle of how she practiced that the data was great and the study results were good backup and ways to communicate to the scientific community Our allopathic colleagues, but an N of 1,000 or an N of 20,000 in a study didn't always reflect the experience because she treated her patients one at a time. And that's been a statement that's sat with me and resounded with me for years. And I've used it as I've taught residents and as I've explained things to patients. And certainly it's good to have a framework, it's good to have a concept of how you're going to approach a patient to have some idea based on your learning and research and uh, keeping up to date with studies and the latest evidence-based medicine. But at the same time, what that patient needs is going to change moment to moment each time you see them, even during the time that they're with you in a treatment session. It's going to evolve, so we have to partner the hard scientific fact with the softer art of medicine and always remember that we're treating our patients one at a time. So that's the what. That's what I would like to explore in further detail and just like this American life, I think it can go lots of places and we can explore it from many different vantage points. Next I'll talk about the who. Who is this for, and I hope that the audience is broad because to me, again, osteopathy is all around. It's about the health and everyone and everything is health. Every living creature is manifesting health and we can see the osteopathic principles at play and we can apply them in certain situations. So I think the audience is broad. Certainly my initial audience will be people that I know personally as I make the recommendation to my fellow osteopathic colleagues, to my mentors, to students in osteopathic schools and residents in all specialties. And I hope that while I'll be the primary host of this podcast, that I'll have many guests over the weeks, months, and hopefully years, sharing their experiences personally and professionally in what osteopathy has meant for them. The why. There's been a trending mind, body, spirit integration movement in medicine and in health and in wellness, and I think that's great. I think it's critical, and I also think it's important to note that since 1874 in Middle America, osteopathic physicians have been operating with this as a core factor in how they approach the health of their patients, how they approach the delivery of medicine. There was an article in Prevention Magazine in 2015 stating that we were medicine's best kept secret, you know, the doctors you've never heard of, and that, to the best of my knowledge, is largely unintentional, and we need to do a much better job as DOs collectively, as those who are still practicing truly to those osteopathic tenants, of making ourselves known, of not keeping it hidden or secret or safe but rather making it available to all and expressing the importance of these principles and how they can be globally applied in so many situations for the best health of all things. And I've said to my colleagues, I wanna shout it from the rooftops. And right now, the loudest echo I'm going to get from the rooftops of these iPhones through podcast apps, and I'm working on that. Uh, So this is my method of outreach and noting that we may be small in number, but we are certainly mighty, and I think we can broaden our horizons, make ourselves known, open the conversation, encourage dialogue and discussion and debate, and really find how the osteopathic principles can be more widely and effectively utilized. Next is the where. Where will this osteopathic life take place? it's had a few iterations already. Currently, it's on this podcast. Launching today, I had a physician retreat entitled This Osteopathic Life a few years ago. I own the website domain, and I'm hoping to get that built out in the next few weeks here. I just opened a new handle. I believe they're called on Instagram. I'm woefully tech unsavvy, and I'm deeply indebted to my niece who has walked all of these paths and is coaching me Probably very painstakingly, but I appreciate her grace in helping me through. And I hope in person, because I do think it matters to be with people, and osteopathy is about that connection, about community, and I hope to form different retreats for physicians, um, osteopathic or otherwise, certainly for my own specialty in neuromusculoskeletal medicine and osteopathic manipulative medicine, and there'll be a whole episode just trying to decipher those syllables but also for any osteopathic physician, because to me, one piece I really want to emphasize is that osteopathy is not manipulation. It's a tool that we use, but osteopathy really... I was so pleased to see recently a letter from an ophthalmologist who is a leader in the osteopathic world noting that even in his specialty which might not often be thought of as very osteopathic, he could still apply the principles in his evaluation of patients. And that's so key. And so I hope that in these retreats, all physicians will be welcome to formulate a rejuvenating experience, hearkening on the principles, finding ways to better apply them to their practice for the best care of their patients. I'd also love for these retreats to be open to all. I really think that we can create the opportunity again founded in osteopathic principles to truly bring better health to any situation. I think of the retreat as a have it your way experience. You can approach me and tell me what you would like to see, to feel supported, to have joy, to have an enjoyable experience, to be with certain people, friends, colleagues, family, or otherwise. Tell me your prime location and we could put that retreat together for you wherever, whenever, for however long with whatever events and activities seem enjoyable to you and truly tailor it to your best health. I'd also like to see This Osteopathic Life as a book. And as I'm trying to set deadlines with accountability outside of myself, I'd like to set a date for one year from today to have a pretty good version of that book set to be published. Looking at the application of This Osteopathic Life and osteopathic principles to so many arenas and how they can improve anything. I like to think I have this tagline, you know, osteopathy can save the world. And I hope we'll find that it can. The how, one step at a time, one word at a time, one meeting at a time, one lecture at a time, one retreat at a time, I'm gonna do my best to set good structure, to give myself an outline for how these podcasts will go, how it will coordinate with live events and lectures and potentially workshops, perhaps participating with the colleges of osteopathic medicine and engaging with the new generation of osteopaths and reaching in the other direction as well to my own mentors and to those I trained with, to those who trained you know, with the earliest generations of osteopaths and create better connection So I'm going to create structure so I can have optimal function. I'm going to map it out and set intention. But through the podcast first, development of the website, doing some writing and hopefully live events, we will start to get the word out and help us all to live better this osteopathic life. The when. My goal, and hold me to it, those of you who know me, Send me a text if I've lapsed, but my goal is to have a weekly podcast, perhaps more if the spirit or the body or the mind so move me, or if others approach me with great ideas and willingness to participate, but minimum weekly on the podcast. And why today? Today is the first day, the inaugural episode of what I hope will be many more. But the reason I chose today was number one, A bit of a procrastination. I originally set my goal date as January 1st as a New Year's resolution, but as I looked up how to launch a podcast on January 1st, of course, I realized I was woefully unprepared. You know, I didn't have a microphone or the right apps or even the capacity to make a square picture with some text on it. Again, shout out to my niece for helping me with these pieces And I wanted to have my own music and intros and outros and all these things I had appreciated about podcasts I'd been listening to. So I thought, okay, I'll give myself a month and get it polished. And I should have known better because life carries on. And prioritizing or not, I just didn't have the time or make the time to do all those things. And so even though I gave myself a month, here I am on February 1st no farther along in that process but done is better than perfect and so i'm doing it anyway and i'll work on the polishing as i go the reason i chose february 1st is that it's my birthday so as of 8:29 a.m eastern standard time on the first of february 2019 i'm 38 years old which is kind of fun because 3 plus 8 equals 11 and 11 is my most favorite number But it seems like a good day as any to launch the podcast. And we'll work on the weekly challenges going forward. And hopefully they're a little better each time. Fewer pauses, fewer background noises, higher sound quality, better show notes. All of those things I'll learn as I go. And I appreciate feedback and support from all of you because I can make it better knowing how the experience is best received. That was my deadline, and in the course of this week, as I was formulating the concepts and the layout of this podcast, I received an unexpected update that my own mentor in osteopathy was critically ill and was being placed on hospice. With that bit of news, I gathered my thoughts, I sent word through the mail so as not to overwhelm, and a mere 48 hours later received notice that he had passed away. And that was hard news to hear on many levels. He was the patriarch of a significant lineage of osteopathy in a community, in a residency, and served a role in my own growth, in physicianship and practice, and how to truly live these principles. It was devastating news on a lot of levels. Having lost my own father at an early age, I think there's a natural tendency to fill that role, that paternal role, and it was a big loss. And he was young. And to have witnessed the amazing relationship he shared with his wife and to know the level of loss she must be experiencing, you know, it just brought a lot of heartache, a heavy heart, and a lot of gratitude. You know, we had worked together for many years. And he was really excited to come to the first iteration of this osteopathic life which was designed as a physician retreat when I moved out to Oregon. And unfortunately, he was ultimately not able to attend. On hearing this week the news of his passing, I pulled up an email I had sent to him communicating about that experience and sharing that no matter what came of that event, just knowing his enthusiasm for it was so meaningful to me. And if I think about living osteopathic principles There's no person I can think of as a greater example than Dr. Richard G. Huff. He was literally born in Kirksville, Missouri, the birthplace, too, of osteopathy. They shared common roots at their core. To him, DOs were, of course, the option. That was the principle that should govern medicine. He lived it, and he breathed it, and he brought it to West Michigan in 1970 as an intern, and grew it in so many different ways. Private practices, in the ER, on rounds, in the prison system, in developing a residency, in activism locally, in philanthropy. He just seeded it wherever he went and lived it every day. And he was rejuvenated by his experience in treating patients osteopathically and in sharing his knowledge with students and residents and fellow colleagues. And it was amazing to behold. It was so natural. He didn't have to tell you what it was like to live osteopathy. You just had to observe. And the longer you were with him, the deeper you could see how he was truly honoring the inherent capacities for health in every person. In a treatment really engaging and respecting the capacity of the body for healing and seeking with the patient to reach that next level best health he was so happy. And in my work with osteopaths, you knew when they were really in it. They got better at treating and got better themselves for being engaged in these therapeutic experiences with their patients. You think about tap dancing to work, and he did. You know, he would come into the office joyful and leave just as joyful, which is sometimes hard to do in modern medicine after a day of seeing patients and dictating charts and filling out paperwork and dealing with logistics, he was truly happy to be in every treatment. And I was so fortunate that as a student, I had that experience. It showed me what medicine could be. And as a resident, to learn from him, and eventually as a colleague, to teach alongside him, was one of the greatest parts of my career. And one that I will always draw on going forward. I created this presentation during a teaching moment in residency and called it the house that Huff built. And there were certainly structural pieces. You know, we expanded a clinic together and founded programs that have shifted and evolved in recent times as various regulations have occurred, that have shifted the governing capacities of the residencies. And there's been some concern that the legacy has faltered. And in some ways, If you're thinking about clinical space and presence, perhaps. But, as I wrote the challenging message to those who had graduated from the program before, during, and after me, I realized that the legacy lives on and is strengthened by the dispersion of all the graduates. Taking that philosophy into different corners of the country and world, into different schools and postgraduate programs and state societies and national lecturing opportunities and dissertations and theses and applications for fellowships and professional societies. The house maybe is more mobile, is not a physical structure necessarily, but that house of osteopathy remains sturdy and strong because of the foundation that Dr. Huff laid. And we all will continue I think with even more intention now into each of our treatments and lectures and discussions and courses and carry on the tradition that we were so fortunate to have trained within and send endless gratitude for the lessons he gave to all of us in osteopathy. So I can think of no better time to launch than now to honor him and I hope we did so when he was with us in our treatment of patients and I know we will continue to do so going forward. So thank you, Dr. Huff, for teaching us what it means to live this osteopathic life. On that note, I'll close this first episode with gratitude, with hope, with honor of the principles, in excitement, enthusiasm, Enjoy for opportunity to share the health to the principles of osteopathy and explore what it means to live this osteopathic life. Thank you for joining me. You can find details of all the articles I mentioned in the show notes, and I'll be back next time within the week for the second episode of This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beaky. Thank you for listening.